Welcome to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast, coming to you after the Raptors victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. 108-99 is the final. Carlin Gay, Gil McGregor on hand. And uh, yeah, another game in the bubble. A win in the bubble for the Raptors. They finally got back on track, um, but at points in the game, wasn't the cleanest. They got away with a win at the end of the day. They chalk it up. 50th win on the season. They locked down the number two seed. And also, uh, for the sixth time in, this, in seven years, they secure the Atlantic Division title. You know all about division titles. Those are so important. You, you can't go without that. Uh, but yes, another division title for the Raptors. They don't hang those up. They're not like the Clippers or anything. They don't hang those banners up. They only hang championship banners uh, or selfies. They don't hang selfies either. Shout out to the Clippers. <laughs> um, but what did you take away from the game? It was a sloppy effort for, uh, for both teams, actually. Very sloppy. Uh, I saw some parallels for, with the with the Heat game from last week as an early tip, and uh, just couldn't hit a shot to start the game. Um, but my, my big takeaway was a bounce back game from Pascal Siakam. Um, obviously, it wasn't it wasn't great competition, and, and the Grizzlies are down from the Celtics and the Heat of the world. But um, you need to see the ball go in a little bit, hit two big threes down the stretch to kind of uh, put the game away when it looked like the Grizzlies were going to get back into it. And let's not discount the Grizzlies that much. They are a playoff caliber team. Obviously, dealt with some injuries, and they're fighting for their playoff lives now, but they were playing for a lot. So for him to perform the way he did and bounce back, see the ball going a little bit, hopefully that carries on for moving forward for him, especially uh, with only, I guess, three games left until the postseason starts. Yeah, the Grizzlies are uh, in tough. We'll, we'll talk about them and their and their postseason hopes in a little bit, but you're right. The uh, Pascal Siakam bounce back game, huge, 26 points in this one. Uh, shot 44% from three-point range. You mentioned the two big threes late in the game when it got close out of nowhere, uh, and Memphis was trying to uh, trying to keep their hopes at a playoff appearance alive. Uh, for me, biggest takeaway, again, sloppiness uh, from the Raptors. 25 turnovers in the game, leading to 23 uh, points for the Grizzlies. That is not, uh, you know, Raptor basketball. They were able to get away with it over the Grizzlies. This is a lesser team. Let's, yes, they're a playoff team, but they're not, they're not Milwaukee, who we'll see tomorrow. They're not uh, Boston, who we saw on Friday. This is a playoff team barely scraping in if they do get in. Uh, and the Raptors are, you know, far better than them. Uh, and we're able to, to over, you know, over, get a victory overcoming 25 turnovers. That's not going to happen in the postseason, though. You might get away with that in the first round but not in the second round and the third round and obviously in the finals. So that has to be cleaned up because coming into this game, the Raptors are averaging 20, 18 sorry, turnovers per game. That's one of the worst teams in the bubble. Pelicans are there. The Jazz are there. And then it's the Raptors in, in the bottom half there, uh, the bottom three coming into this game. So the Raptors might actually be, after this game, leading the bubble in turnovers per game. And that's not where you want to be considering the fact that you guys, you know, the Raptors have, such good ball handlers, such heady decision makers. But for some reason, uh, maybe it's overthinking. Maybe it's the fact that they haven't played basketball together in a long time. Um, you know, all the stuff that we, you know, kind of bigged up in the scrimmages, just the, the, the you know, the, the ability to be together, moving the ball around and uh, look like they, they didn't miss a beat. It's showing up the, the other way now. They're missing beats and, and they don't look like they've been together for a while. And 25 turnovers says that. Yeah, 25 turnovers is not going to cut it. And, and you know, kind of you touched on a little bit something that throughout the course of the first part of the season and in the scrimmages we talked about, that's one of the things that a disciplined team like the Raptors does. They don't, um, they, they don't turn the ball over. They take care of the ball. They don't give teams other opportunities. They don't let teams hang around. 
And, you know, you look at this game. Uh, I mean, the Heat was a different story because it was a very uh, high-caliber team. But building these big leads and then letting teams kind of kind of climb back in there, there's some, definitely some things that need to be cleaned up uh, over these last few games and this last week uh, as we head in towards the, the postseason. Yeah, it's uh, something that needs to, needs to happen for sure. Uh, before we get into – I mean, let's, let's face it. There's not – other than those two things, I don't think you take away a bunch from this game is, is another, you know, another win for the Raptors. As Pascal Siakam said post-game, they're still just trying to get themselves together for the postseason run. So we won't sit here and act like that was the, the game of the season. We'll no say shout-out shout out to Matt Thomas, though. He came in and hit two big shots. And we kind of talked about this. Uh, he has the ability with the shooting to – um, change the course of a game or maybe a, a series and we mm. saw them couldn't make a shot he comes in makes two and it seemed like as you said in the takeaways the lid came off the rim as soon as Matt Thomas uh, did that so shout out to Matt Thomas for that yeah and that's the only thing he did all game long like he didn't he did not shoot the ball after that as all his points came in the second quarter uh, he played 10 minutes in the game and finished with six points two threes he came in in the second quarter knocked down those two threes and it led to a 40 point explosion in the second quarter for the Raptors and that's really what blew the game open they were the Raptors led by as many as 18 points I know the final score won't say that I know the last six minutes of the game if you tune in for just that won't say that but the Raptors had this game in in complete control so um you know this is a game that they they should have absolutely you know ran away with it but uh Memphis is a very scrappy team and they're as you said battling for for their playoff lots I want to touch on that uh, in a second, but first remind you uh, that NBA.com, your home for Raptors news all season long. We have takeaways, we have pregame uh, content leading up to each and every single Raptor game, and we are a week away from the playoffs. G, a week away from the playoffs. Can't it's wait. here, right wait. around the corner. We know that the Raptors are now the number two seed. We don't know who they'll be playing. Odds are they'll be playing the Brooklyn Nets, who are playing good basketball so far. Uh, We'll have the preview of that series when it becomes official a little later on in the week. But we also have playoff content from around the NBA. The battle for eighth in the Western Conference is now heating up. Memphis Grizzlies have come into the bubble, and they've only won one game. Only won one game. They've had a tough schedule. And right now, you know, nipping at their heels, the Portland Trailblazers, Phoenix Suns, who are playing great, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, who still have a shot, and the Pelicans, who have an outside shot of trying to make it into that play-in tournament. Keep it locked. NBA.com for all your news and notes around the NBA. All right, the ninth seed, uh, eighth seed, rather, in the Western Conference is the only thing up for grabs uh, after the Washington Wizards were eliminated officially from postseason contention. Uh, So the only real interesting games now uh, in terms of who gets in and who who stays out are out West. The Grizzlies, who we just saw, uh, still right now as we speak, have the eighth seed. They could potentially lose that or uh, cough that up before we get off here. Like before, by the time people are listening to this tomorrow, they, they could cough that eighth seed up with the Portland Trailblazers playing later today. Um, you have all the tiebreakers down. You, you know exactly what's happening. Um, what, what do people need to know about that eighth seed? Man, I, I, one thing you talked about the Grizzlies, they're hanging, hanging by a thread right now. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. The big thing I think that that's really going to be interesting and might confuse some people that you need to keep an eye on is the total amount of games played. Portland came into Orlando having played a few more games than everybody else. So they have an opportunity to have a half game lead over somebody or a full game lead over somebody just because they've played two more games. Um, like you said, Portland's been playing great basketball. They looked 
all the bit of like a like a fifth or sixth seed, not an eighth seed, but just because of injuries they dealt with all season, uh, they've they've kind of been forced in this position to play for the play-in. And, and Memphis has kind of been free-falling. The, the, the blow that they were dealt with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injury uh, has definitely, again, caused them to start off one and five there. Uh, but, you know, Phoenix is, is is the story, I think. You know, they come in and, and win five straight to open up tough wins over the Clippers, uh, Pacers, uh, games like that. And they are have an opportunity to – if, if Memphis continues to free fall, we could see Portland and Phoenix or somehow if, if Portland is to fall because of their, their uh, games and have a higher amount of losses because they've played more games, it could work uh, against their favor as well. You could see San Antonio try to extend their postseason streak. So, you know, people kind of talked about why did Phoenix get invited? And this is exactly why they're, they're down there. You know, anything can happen. Teams can get hot. They can play basketball, you know, great basketball at a good time. Monty Williams is doing a great job. Devin Booker is playing well. DeAndre Ayton is, is looking pretty good as well. Um, so I, I would say don't sleep on Phoenix because it seems like they're just kind of going with that momentum and you might see a Portland Phoenix play in, uh, I, I would say. Yeah, that would be interesting. With the Grizzly loss, we now officially know that there will be a play in tournament next weekend. Uh, game one will be on Saturday, 2 30 PM. It's going to be on ABC in the United States. We're not sure where we'll end up on Canada in Canada. Um, but ABC is available in Canada pretty much everywhere anyway. Uh, the second game, if there is a game, too, to that play-in tournament, will be on Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that game will be on ESPN in the States, and I'm sure it will eventually end up somewhere in Canada. Keep it locked on NBA.com. We will, uh, we'll keep you up to date with where to find those two games. So the Memphis loss guarantees us a play-in tournament. This is kind of what everybody was hoping to see anyway. Um, we just don't know the two teams that are going to be in the playing tournament and how the playing tournament works is whoever's an eighth seed is in a driver's seat. They just have to win one game. Whereas whoever finishes ninth has to win both games. They got to win. They got to beat them both times. The AC just has to win one. They get in, they get into the playoffs. Uh, if, uh, the ninth seed wins game one, they have to follow up and win game two. Um, and, and then they get into the postseason. Hope that didn't confuse anyone. Um, two teams that are already in the postseason will do battle tomorrow. Two teams that have bigger uh, aspirations than a first round or second round playoff series is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. Um, I'm, I'm down on this game. This would be a big game, you know, under any circumstances. Not this one when it's this close to the playoffs when both teams really don't have anything to play for anymore. I feel like this is just going to be a roll the bell out there and, and, and see what happens. No one's going to show their hand, so to speak, in this one. Yeah, it's going to have to like, kind of have a feel of, of like a, a preseason game in, in a lot of ways. We might see them go a little deeper in rotations, especially for the Raptors who are on the second end of a back-to-back. I know it's an early game today and a late game tomorrow, but still there's no point in, in really pushing it to, to, to make an effort to, to prove anything. You've locked up your seed. Uh, you, you're really just trying to go – into the postseason clicking on all cylinders so don't do anything that would get you out of your rhythm but at the same time don't show your hand because the only time these teams are going to meet again is in the conference finals and that's what you save all your tricks for yeah exactly uh 6 30 is the tip off uh for that game it's a national tv game in the united states on espn it's on sportsnet one in canada um i said it in the takeaways and i'll say it here that, uh, you know, it was nice to see Pascal bounce back against the Memphis Grizzlies, but we haven't seen him all year have a nice game against elite defenses or elite teams and uh, or an efficient game, rather. He's had some decent numbers, but not efficiently. It would be nice 
even though the Bucks aren't going to show their entire repertoire in terms of things that the schemes and everything they're going to throw at him if they were to play in a playoff series, it would be nice to see Pascal Siakam to have another 25-26 point game efficiently from the field just as a confidence booster for himself uh, against the number one defense in the NBA. Uh, the second thing is, you know, his three-point shot was falling today. He's going to get a lot of open looks tomorrow just by the, based off of what the the Bucks' base defensive scheme is, is they pack the paint. They're the best rim-protecting team in the NBA. Uh, Brooke Lopez is one of the best rim-protectors in the league. Giannis Antetokounmpo could potentially win Defensive Player of the Year. He's a great rim-protector. So we know that layups are going to be few and far between. Knocking down threes is really how you damage the Bucks. We saw that happen in their game against Houston. Uh, you know, Boston, they, you know, teams like Boston, Houston, um, and especially the Raptors, teams like that who have great three-point shooters are going to cause the Bucks problems in the postseason. It would be nice to see if Pascal can find ways to shoot threes and also get into the mid-range a little bit because he's not shooting the mid-range shot greatly uh, in the bubble so far. But if he's able to get to his mid-range spot and pull up and find some s- sweet spots in the defense where he can, you know, get some confidence – that would be a nice, uh, nice thing to see before the postseason. You said it right there. You know, uh, one thing that we saw at the beginning of this game and we saw all throughout the Celtics game was it wasn't that the team was missing threes. They were missing great looks. They were missing, like, wide-open shots that, like, these guys normally hit these shots. And regardless of who's out there playing, the Bucks are going to stick to their principles. So we're going to see this team have plenty of opportunities to get some great looks from the perimeter. And I think hitting those – that's like the one big takeaway that you can have from this game. If you were to see this team again down the line, we can score against the scheme. We can succeed against the scheme. This is what we're going to do. These are the guys who are going to get in their spots. Earlier when they when the two teams met in, in February, we saw the Raptors kind of jump on the Bucks early uh, by hitting a lot of three pointers, and then those shots stopped falling, and the Bucks just kind of took command and, and never really looked back. So while we won't necessarily see this be a high stakes matchup and who knows who's going to even be closing the game uh, if it's a close game, um, I do think that guys seeing shots fall against the defense uh, like Milwaukee's will be something that's huge uh, for a potential rematch, you know, in, in the coming months. Yeah. Um, the last time this game is actually going to take place in HP Fieldhouse. Why do I bring that up? The last time the Raptors were in HP Fieldhouse, they took on the Miami Heat. They shot 50% from three-point range. So maybe they could find the touch once again in the HP Fieldhouse. So now on TV, it doesn't look any different, but maybe to them, the rooms might look a little different in the HP Fieldhouse. The next two games, rather, is in an HP Fieldhouse, uh, the Bucks and the Sixers, um, both those games back-to-back in HP. We don't know where the Denver Nuggets game will be or what time it will be played. But uh, we'll keep it locked to NBA.com and also this podcast right here. And we'll keep you up to date with everything Raptor-related. For Gil McGregor, I am Carlin Gay. Enjoy the game. Memphis loses in this one, 108-99. The Milwaukee Bucks up next in uh, scrimmage, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. (laughs) Should be fun. Should be fun. Sportsnet 1 and ESPN will be the place to catch it. 630 is a tip. We'll see you right here on the Raptors Pod Table Podcast later on.